8.46. Let's get up close with Zhang Huang, independent legal researcher with Law Quite LLC, regular feature on our show. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. And now just to recap, this week, an exclusive interview with the US network NBC. President Moon Jae-in stated South Korea is pushing the US to postpone joint military exercises until after not just the Winter Olympics, but the Paralympics. And it would be seen as something of an olive branch to North Korea. But Pyongyang would have to abandon any planned provocations during that time. In other words, any kind of missile launch would force a rethink. And we've heard that confirmed by the Blue House here as well, at least unofficially speaking to uh, local media. What's behind this latest development? Is this really all about trying to ensure a peaceful Pyongyang, uh, sorry, Pyeongchang Winter Olympics? Got to be careful with those. Um, Or is it... Is it, is it something that uh, people have been calling for anyway under the Moon Jae administration to try to do something to appease North Korea to try and bring about better ties? Yeah, I mean, the sort of a grander version of the idea has been kicking around a lot in you know the the foreign po- policy circles here in Korea as well in the U.S. and uh, Russia and China. So called the idea was freeze for freeze. That is, you know, if the North Korea is willing to freeze its nuclear and missile program, maybe the U.S. and South Korea will uh, suspend its joint military exercises. Uh, so far, it, it, you know, it's just been an academic discussion. But you could sort of look at this as a kind of small step towards that g- g- sort of grand bargain. But another thing to note is that there has have been some worrisome news coming out of from both Russia and China and United States related to North Korea one uh, apart from you know the Donald Trump president Donald Trump taking you know some blustery language toward North Korea one is that you know supposedly China and Russia recently held a joint anti-missile um, uh, military exercise to in, in case that there is a preemptive strike by US towards uh, North Korea so that's something worrisome from the South Korean perspective and the uh, the US national security advisor HR McMaster has said that you know he I could we are not committed to a we are not committed to a peaceful resolution we are committed to a resolution sort of implying that you know he's fully considering military strike against North Korea so perhaps you could also look at this as South Korean government trying to take some peaceful initiative out of the in the, in the talk with North Korea what about the U.S. government's conclusion that North Korea is behind the WannaCry cyber attack? And also a lot of chatter recently that North Korea is provoking not with missiles, but with the hacking of um, cyber currency or right, cryptocurrency. Exactly. Yeah, there was a you know, shutdown by a... Uh, the Bitcoin exchange, small Bitcoin exchange here in Korea, South Korea as well, also suspected of the North Korean doing. I mean, the cyber attacks usually do, doesn't constitute a ground for a military invasion by itself. But in the current environment of you know escalation and suspicion between North Korea and the rest of the world, certainly suspicion or very strong suspicion of a North Korean involvement with cyber attacks like this doesn't really you know help the cause. You know, uh, you know even the U.S. you see. A little bit of discord of whether you should actually talk with North Korea. You know, Secretary of State uh, Rex Tillerson said he wanted to talk to North Korea, and then he got rebuked by President Donald Trump himself. So I think you know this current environment of no uh, no communication between North Korea and the rest of the world kind of does doesn't bode well for the peaceful prospects. 
Well, if it doesn't bode well for the peaceful prospects, that leaves us with um, a military option. What would that actually look like? Well, if you're actually talking about the full-scale military invasions, say like the Iraq War or Gulf War, you know, it, you'll actually have a fairly long lead time and lots of you know signs about things leading up to it. Mainly from North Korea side, they'll have to move their own troops, or, you know, in various um, ways where the satellite imagery will be able to pick up fairly readily on the U.S. and South Korea side, they'll also have to build up forces, supply lines, and so forth. I mean, if you think think back to 2004 Iraq war, there was an extended period of force buildup from Saudi Arabia and Kuwait, and also movement of troops and so forth. So, you know, you usually have, you know, many, many months of buildup. So, you know, if you're actually going to have a military invasion of North Korea, we'll have actually you know, months of lead time to, uh, to, to warn us. I guess some, something that is more likely is that there will be a kind of a quick escalation of events that might lead countries to sort of blunder into a war that they were not really properly uh, prepared for, you know, quick escalation or something like, you know, maybe uh, North Korea fires of nuclear tests in the atmosphere and then uh, United States trying to, you know, shoot down one of the missiles and then there's some military strike and, you know, quick escalation can happen within days. So some kind of a, bl- a blundering into a war is more likely scenario in, in, in this case. Well, I mean, last time around, it was a three-year war. I don't think we'll see anything of that kind, whether it would be elongated or not, is up for debate. I guess... But Iraq was very different geographically as well. And even the Korean Peninsula was very different then. Of course, and now really a big trump card, you know, not to be, uh, not not to put a pun on it, is that if, you know, in in all likely scenario, the North Korea will be, you know, militarily overwhelmed by the joint South Korea and U.S. forces in a conventional war. And if they do get desperate, will they be actually firing nuclear nuclear, uh, weapons? I mean, you know, the easiest way for North Korea to deliver their nuclear weapons is against South Korea and just, uh, you know, the prospect of nuclear attacks against South Korea, you know, does bring chills to our spines. But are we desensitized? Does it bring chills to many of our spines here in Seoul, for example? I think in South Korea, we are a little bit desensitized and we just cannot imagine, you know, war breaking out, you know, given, you know, potential for, you know, such huge casualties. I mean, the estimates go from, you know, tens of thousands of casualties in terms of, in case of a conventional war, if the nuclear attacks are involved, then, you know, the estimates go up to, you know, a million, a couple of million. And, you know, I think no South Korean really actually says a war is likely. I mean, you know, a war has been not broken up for past, you know, over almost 60 years. So why should it happen now? I, I think that's kind of the mindset. However, if you just turn over to, you know, noises coming out of U.S. government like right now, you know, someone like you know, Senator Lindsey, McC- uh, uh, Lindsey Graham has stated on, uh, publicly that he puts the, the risk of war with North Korea as about 30%. I mean, from South Korean perspective, that's surprisingly high percentage given the likely, uh, the likely likely the casualties of a full-out war with North Korea. And, you know, if either North Korea or U.S. really wants to push towards the military clash, there isn't much that South Korea can really do to prevent it, other than the fact that prospect of huge casualties, which will hopefully deter, you know, both countries, uh, decision makers from going into a military uh, conflict. I, I know concerns have been rising, and there have been credible voices on the U.S. side raising alarm, but... 30%. 30%. It's not a horse race, is it? We're not looking at a form guide here, making a, a, a judgment based on verifiable facts. This is based on 
atmosphere and hearsay. I could just as easily tell you the chances of a war breaking out are 0.03% and it would be just as credible based on all the stories we cover on this show. Exactly. I mean, for you know, for a, a catastrophic event like a you know full-scale war on Korean Peninsula, how do you you know even evaluate or think about a probability like that? And right now, I, I mean, I still there is no sign that North Korea and you know U.S. and South Korea are sort of building up their forces for full-scale military clash. And I think again, the likely scenario is that because the both sides are not really talking. You know, there could be some posturing on the both sides and some really aggressive action by both North Korea and U.S. And they might quickly escalate into, you know, full-scale war. And it's really hard to pin down the proper probability on an event like that. But to be sure, you know... Given sort of the foreign policy instincts of the uh, the current U.S. administration, you know, they it seems that Trump administration is quite willing to mix their domestic politics with foreign policy. You know, you just covered the issue about you know issue of uh, Jerusalem in the Middle East, and that is a classic case of you know Trump trying to appease its, his own base supporters in in return for getting really nothing in terms of foreign policy. Yes. You know how uh, how will Trump's own sense of you know being a sort of unpopular president in the United States will affect his policy in the Korean Peninsula. That's an open question. Well, certainly we're seeing more risks being taken. And we're still left with this question of what's going to happen with these military exercises, which will be moved at least to mid to late March until after the Paralympics, based on the noises we're hearing from South Korea and indeed from US forces in Korea. But it's yet to be confirmed that these joint military exercises that usually rile North Korea so much will even be delayed. Um, Dong Hwang, Independent Legal Research with Law Quan LLC, thank you for helping us get up close today. Thank you very much. And just a little bit further on that question, um, would North Korea really be appeased anyway? North Korea obviously will see through any attempt to delay those military drills as South Korea's desire to have a peaceful Winter Olympics. On the other hand, we do see the waxing and waning of North Korean provocations. It may suit North Korea anyway to sit back, carry out no provocations until March and say that it's uh, doing so as some sort of um, agreement in order to gain who knows what. Um, This is the the game plan that gets questioned over and over again. Uh, And maybe even claim it as some sort of victory that uh, the Allies were forced into delaying their military drills. But from the Allies' perspective, what are you really losing by delaying it? The Conservatives here in South Korea up in arms about even the prospect. So much of this is political. How much of it is practical? We'll be back tomorrow at 7.05. Kurdish and Koreascape coming up next after your latest news headlines.